Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Have another great conversation coming your way this week as I had a chance to sit down and talk with California educator Sarah Landis, who is not only an instructional coach in her school district there in California, she's also the co-founder of HyperDocs. She's also the co-author of a book of the same name, the HyperDoc Handbook. So if you're unfamiliar with HyperDocs, folks, this is a wonderful framework that you can use for remote learning. Uh, I personally think every school district in the country should be using HyperDocs as a foundation for all of their online learning strategies. In fact, I use it myself as an online teacher here in higher ed, and uh, it's basically a digital lesson plan, and it pro provides you an opportunity to go from assigner to designer as the instructor. So you definitely want to listen to this conversation with Sarah Landis. She has a lot of great advice and information on remote learning strategies. And this can be a game changer for you folks if you really want to dive in and think about a new framework for your school, you want to check out HyperDoc. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sarah Landis. I'm Casey Bell from the Google Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Reimagine Schools podcast, the show that shines light on positive leadership, technology integration, and innovative solutions to transform our schools. Featuring many of the nation's top educators, tune in each week to hear from best-selling authors, popular speakers, and thought leaders throughout K-12 education as we continue the conversation on how to create better schools for kids. From the podcast studio in Georgetown, Kentucky, here's your host, Dr. Greg Goins. Okay, folks, we're back at it again with another great episode this week as we bring in an outstanding educator from the state of California. She's one of the co-creators of HyperDocs. Uh, so we're very excited to have Sarah Landis with us. How are you, Sarah? I am great. What an awesome time in education we are all in right now. <laughs> Just riding the wave. You know, uh, I don't hear awesome a lot when I talk with educators about this time, but I can see by the smile on your face that there are a lot of great opportunities that uh, we have a chance to take advantage of with remote learning. And I know that's something you've been talking a lot about as you go out and speak to people. I think there's a lot of hard stuff going on, but you know, with that necessity breeds that invention, right? So um, I think it's nice to sit back and kind of take in all the good stuff that's happening as well. So it's a little bit of everything. Now, in addition to the work you do speaking and presenting and working with teachers on HyperDocs, you're also a full-time instructional coach. And yeah. so I haven't had many opportunities to actually go one-on-one -on -one with an instructional coach. How has that world completely flipped upside down through remote learning? I would say you're probably the most popular person in your school district. We are very busy. Actually, uh, Kelly, Lisa, and I all work together in the same district. So all three of us that started um, HyperDocs. And so we all are coaches in different capacities. And we're very busy, <laughs> as you can imagine. But that's because teachers are taking on learning in new ways. I mean, they are reaching out, speaking up, asking 
questions. Um, so open to learning um, because of the need. And so, you know, coaching was um, going great before, you know, but I think now what's shifted is that everybody needs um, help, you know, because whether you were using technology before, you still are in a space of needing to rethink even what that looks like. And so some teachers who maybe were more afraid to take the leap, they just have, you know, jumped off the cliff and are just um, free falling into the craziness of right now. So just trying to meet everyone where they are. I think that's truly the heart of this coaching work right now is just uh, meeting teachers where they are. Everyone, um, there's such a great community right now called, called education. We're all kind of in this together. So I truly believe that my role is just to find out like, what do you need today? Um, and then build the connections, build bridges, and just kind of help um, teachers just like we would for students, right? Like the students come to you with their, where they're at. And, and uh, so just feeling the same way with teachers right now. You need help just learning how to navigate Google Drive and just get started and how to link things up and build a hub and a home base to keep all of your resources in one space. Let's do that. And then we've got teachers at this point that are like, I really need to push my collaboration further. And they're ready to start trying new things um, to, you know, to work on student engagement, next level stuff. So everyone's in a different space. You know, I'm here in Kentucky, you're in California, but right here in middle America, um, you know, COVID is still very much at the forefront of everything we think about, everything we're doing. We've been doing this for a long time since last March. And, uh, you know, I really feel like uh, by and large, most school districts were very unprepared. Uh, I mean, how can you prepare for a pandemic? But you would think we may have been a little more prepared on the technology side, on the blended learning side, on the flipped classroom side. But regardless, I think we kind of did our best and survived throughout the end of last school year. But then we had a while to prepare for this school year. So how have you watched the shift from, oh my gosh, my pants are on fire, to now we're actually diving deeper into actually some pretty good instruction online? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that this is still pandemic teaching, you know, so thank you for saying that. I think that's really critical in, in this time. I think teachers are hardworking and um, there's a moving target, you know, I think just when they think they've got it, you know, sort of figured out. I know our district has been doing remote learning 100% this whole time and now they're like, okay, are we going to do um, hybrid, concurrent, like what's our next move? So then you shift, you know, so, um, but I think what's what's working is um ongoing professional development so we're trying really hard to do kind of like bite-sized pieces so like you know on wednesday morning that little just 45 minute to hour chunk um office hours so providing opportunity for teachers to pop in once a day um if they need to they can share their screen and we can problem solve and whatnot and you know coaching through email and um, i feel that we're making more tutorial videos and it's, i think offering a range of um, ways for adult learning to happen, I think has been really helpful because you don't know you need something until you need it and then you need it now, you know? And so I think um, as, um, you know, as someone who's really invested in the ed tech community and really believes in like keeping sound pedagogy um, amidst the technology integration, you know, that's a process and it takes time to like fully 
um, do this work. And so I think just, um, you know, meeting the immediate needs as they surface. And then I think recognizing the changes and the growth and like stepping back to see, okay, so see how you tried this with your class? Did it work? Did it not work? How would you tweak it? Um, you know, I think it can be small little bits over time that kind of like add up. But I think for us, it's just really recognizing that, um, teachers are learning in different ways. It might be nine o'clock at night and they're scrolling through Twitter and they might stumble upon something that's gonna help them or give them a fresh idea, or it could be like, you know, taking an online course. Um, so I think just providing different ways for the teachers to learn right now has been critical to get through this. Um, so it's and been- you know, Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's been a challenge for everyone, but I see both ends of the spectrum. I see, school districts that are doing a really good job trying to roll out some remote learning strategies. I see others, unfortunately, that are really still struggling trying to figure it out. And in my opinion, and I want to get your take on this, the ones that are really still having a hard time are really, it's because they're trying to replicate face-to-face -face learning virtually. And it's just, it's impossible to do. And you have to think completely different and just find small victories along the way. Yeah, so I, I don't envy leadership, you know, right now. I don't envy anyone that's in that position to try and come up with a plan that meets the needs of everyone, be it, you know, kindergarten teachers or high school teachers and the parent community. Everyone's needs are different, right? So I don't envy anyone in that leadership role right now. Um, but, you know, what I think you're right, like our, our elementary teachers work so hard to almost create sub plans for themselves, like, okay, at eight o'clock and then at 8.30 and then at nine o'clock you're gonna do this and then at nine, and then it's just too much time for a young student to be, you know, in front of a screen and it's not the same. Um, and then high school, we kind of shifted to um, a block schedule so that it was, you know, the, they now meet with students uh, twice a week. Um, we have Wednesday as kind of like a um, mostly asynchronous day so teachers can prepare and check in with students and, and do intervention needs and stuff like that. But I, I think you're right. I think that the, um, a shift to appreciating what live synchronous time looks and feels like, it doesn't have to be um, online all day to be good um, instruction. You can still have quality instruction um, when you're not face-to-face -face with students. And, and truly, like, I'm seeing teachers just now turn that corner into realizing that um, it's, it's, this is an opportunity to focus on what matters most. Like, what is the most essential to my instruction? Like, what do I care most about this year? And I can kind of get rid of some of the stuff that maybe, uh, like, wasn't as valuable. And so I am finally starting to see teachers kind of, like, exhale a little bit, let go of that kind of bell-to-bell -bell schedule, um, and just starting to get into like maybe more small group instruction, recognizing that that's where they can tap into engagement a little bit more. Um, you know, I see my high school teachers really um, kind of letting go of like, you know, reading the novel with the kids and holding their hands through that process as an example, and just kind of trusting that when they meet life live in a synchronous you know video conference that their time together is spent actively discussing um so yeah i mean let's see we started in early august and it's now nearing the end of october so like you said there's there's this is the long run you know um and so how do we shave off the the stuff that doesn't feel most essential right now so that everybody can have 
uh, some sustainability through this, kids and teachers. Um, and like I said, I mean, everyone's kind of living this a little differently. Um, people are starting to go back and then those that went back are starting to go <laughs> back to remote. Um, and so, you know, it's a moving target. So I think what we need to be doing is truly analyzing like what feels like the best instruction, you know, um, really analyzing quality teaching. And a lot of it is just what good teaching was before. Right. Um, you know, I just think everyone is like just now kind of, okay, holding on to the stuff that's working and starting to let go of yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know if you're a football fan, but I was talking to a principal the other day using a football analogy. And, you know, you have to move the ball 10 yards to get a first down. So everybody wants to score on the first play or throw the 50-yard touchdown pass. But I tell I was talking to this principal and I've talked with some other folks. Just try to move, move the ball 10 yards at a time. You talked about a moving target. You know, keep, try, keep getting a first down, and eventually you're going to keep building momentum and getting to the point where you can get into the end zone. And I think so many people just want – they want it to happen right now. Whatever their outcome is, it has to happen right now. And that's just not, not a realistic way to look at it. No, I mean, we had a, you know, a, a plan to send all of our um, students back to concurrent, so it'd be like you know, half and half. And I feel like our teachers just were feeling confident with remote teaching, getting to a good space with that, where it was consistent. It was an, an emphasis on um, engagement over, you know, um, we say, you know, you don't just cover the content, you really try and like, you know, do something with it. And they were just starting to feel good about that. And then the thought of like, then you're talking structure instead of instruction, you know? And I see that as an added struggle for educators right now. They're like, okay, I want to get good at something. And that takes time. You just a little bit at a time. Right. Um, but then I think too, like one of the things that, that I want to really say to teachers is like, honor still what good teaching is, you know, like if it's a read aloud, then grab a book and just, you know, put your face on the big screen and read to your kids and pull, normally you'd pull them into the carpet and have a great read aloud. Or if you believe that good instruction is, you know, having a student talk through their math example, then find a way to let them do that because you know it's important to hear that they're thinking while they're solving, you know, so like what do you believe in your heart of hearts is good quality instruction and how can you keep that going right now, you know? like shine a light on that and, you know, less is more, let go of the other stuff. So that's, I think I'm hoping that um, a result of all of this is that there is like a true, true sense of like what matters most. And obviously, you know, social emotional learning's really kind of taken center stage right now, which it should have before, but now I see families and, and districts and schools really working to support the whole child feeling like they're losing those kids emotionally. So um, it's like, okay, we, yes, we need to, yes, this should be <laughs> focus. So what can we do to, so I'm hopeful that through this, there's like a real emphasis on what seems to matter most. You know, another thing that I have found interesting throughout this entire thing is uh, you ask superintendents, especially early on, you know, talk to me a little bit about what your remote learning plan is. And the answer may be, well, we have Chromebooks, or well, we're going to use Zoom on Tuesday and Thursday, or we're going to do this. 
And, and I kept coming back to HyperDocs. I mean, I really see HyperDocs as a framework that you can use district-wide and really create a remote learning strategy or plan, if you will, that's going to really improve your instruction immediately. And all it takes is just a little bit of time. You know, maybe do a one-hour Zoom meeting with your teachers and talk about what HyperDocs is and how to use it. But I really think it's a game changer. So I'll kind of let you take it from there and talk about what HyperDocs is because you'll do a much better job explaining it than I will. Well, thank you. I mean, in its basic form, a HyperDoc is a digital lesson plan. And we've been lesson planning for years and we will continue to lesson plan. It's just that what we've done is really take a good look at what digital lesson planning should look like, right? And we were doing that prior to COVID. Um, and so that's why the shift for many of us in our community is like, oh, I'm just going to use digital lesson plans, also known as HyperDocs, right? And so the sound pedagogy is built into that um, lesson. And so, you know, lessons are never going to go away. And lessons are what all teachers, you know, rely on to meet the needs of their learners. So whether you're a transition, you know, TK teacher all the way up through higher education, um, you know, we have lessons that we, um, it's, that's the connector between the teacher and the student, right, is that lesson plan piece. And so um, with HyperDocs, I think um, you're able to still keep the structure and the instructional design intact rather than just a series of like links or assignments that you throw at students. So when you package your lesson um, in a HyperDoc through, you know, one of the Google apps or if you're using another web tool, that's fine too. But the focus is on the instruction and the flow of the lesson and not so much on like, you know, the web tool. But you, you think about what web tools might best enhance that lesson or that content. Um, so, you know, I mean, we tend to rely heavily on the cycle of learning, um, explore, explain, apply, because we feel strongly that students should have an opportunity to explore content first to spark their curiosity, build background knowledge, um, you know, just pique their interest and then um, helps the teacher to know, gosh, what do they already know before I start like explaining my content? Because I think traditionally we would just jump right in and start teaching without even looking to see what the kids already know. So, um, so we really, you know, most of our hyperdocs or ones that you see, hopefully you see some element of exploration and then the explain piece. And the explain piece could be, a live synchronous lesson where you're like, all right, I've got you. I'm going to give you this mini lesson. I'm going to set you off. Or it could be an instructional video, or it could be a blog that has the step-by-step, -step, you know, so even just thinking about like what your direct instruction looks like, um, synchronous or asynchronous is, is awesome. Um, and then, and that was happening prior to COVID as well. And then that apply, that application of learning is, where the vast resources available to educators now come into play, right? So we want students to show what they know in different ways. They're not all the same person. And so why not open up the opportunities and say, hey, I want you to apply your learning with, you know, um, you can use, um, I don't know, I'm just thinking like if they're creating a video, like you can give them choices. Like, do you want to create a video to show what you know? Do you want to create a little website? Do you want to create a graphic? Do you want to create an infograph? Do you want to create, you know? And so that's where I think it's super fun to see the different ways that kids can show what they've learned. So a basic hyperdoc has explore, explain, apply. So it's got all the parts tucked into it. 
but it's, it's like founded in this like really strong pedagogy, right? And then of course you'll see um, hyperdocs that have an engage where it's like, let me just, you know, the traditional hook, like let me get you first. And it, again, that could be where you stick in a meme. It could be a really thought provoking image in history that you just want them to study before, you, you know, just, um, and then some other parts you'll see in hyperdocs might be um, a reflect. We think it's super important to um, invest that time have kids reflecting on their learning. You know, John Dewey says, we don't learn by doing, we learn by reflecting on the doing. Um, and, uh, and then sharing. I mean, why not, you know, open the walls, which we already have done of the, of the traditional classroom space, right? Share your work, share and get feedback from others, share in the public space. And that's where um, uh, we really invite, you know, learners to take risks and whatnot. And then of course that extension piece. So sometimes you'll see a hyperduck that's got that added piece at the end where a teacher is able to kind of put something at the end for the learner to either work towards if motivation is the goal or for those fast finishers. Oh my gosh, you know, we've got the kids that, you know, fly through and they're ready to get to the end. And so there might be something meaningful waiting for them at the end. Um, so yeah, so a hyperdoc is just literally a lesson plan digitized, um, with sound pedagogy and, and traditionally you'll see explore explain apply because that was the foundation that we based our lesson design on and we have those other parts tucked in because we know that those are critical um, to any good lesson right any good lesson yeah and that's i mean it's good stuff you want to check out the website at hyperdoc.co uh, definitely want to follow Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Landis. And the name of the book is the HyperDoc Handbook, Digital Lesson Design Using Google Apps with her uh, co-authors, Lisa Highfill and Kelly Hilton. The really cool thing in my mind about HyperDocs is it really makes the teacher a designer. Yeah. And, I, and I love the idea that they can, you know, there are all kinds of wonderful templates that you can go and find at, at your website. But just to have the ability to design these authentic, innovative lesson plans, I mean, I, teachers should get really excited about that opportunity. It is so fun to see teachers come alive with their lesson planning, and that's it. That's the heart of it. I mean, it's a, teaching is personal, right? It's a very personal craft, and, uh, but the element of creativity is unbelievable. And so if you don't feel like, you know, you're creative in that way, then you can just find one that someone else has designed and make a copy of it and just do some minor tweaks. And that, you know, that's one way to get started with um, designing a hyperdoc is just find one you like, make a copy and, uh, you know, remix, call it remixing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we get so many messages from teachers that are like, oh my gosh, I'm having fun. I just, I haven't spoken to my spouse in hours because I've been deep in designing this lesson. And that's what we want. You know, that's what we want inspired teachers because what is that going to do? That's going to turn around and inspire kids. And so it has been so remarkable to see the energy that comes back to, to lesson planning. And you can't do it all the time. Um, we always say, you know, start slow and steady with like maybe one lesson and see how that goes. And, you know, you can't hyperdoc everything, um, but it certainly brings alive the, the creative element and the designer. You know, you're not using somebody else's material. You might be adapting that material um, uh, to your students. You know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, UDL, like you have to design lessons that speak to the children in front of you, you know, and so, but you get to be the designer of that. I'm so glad you brought that up. One of our favorite quotes is be a designer, not an assigner. 
Yeah, and another thing that's really cool is you can create this framework within your school district and kind of use HyperDocs as a guide, and it's completely free, folks. Just go to the website, the information's there, the templates are there, and you can even uh, get additional training on your website through the classes that you have available. So it's just a tremendous resource for people. We started a community um, called Teachers Give Teachers. Um, wink, wink, right? You know, you might be familiar with another site, but we, that share button in the top right corner of, you know, of any Google Doc or slides, your HyperDoc, you're so able to share things now. And so um, alongside um, HyperDocs, the real heart of this work right now is the Teachers Give Teachers community. So, um, oh my gosh, we encourage uh, educators, any educator to join the community, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or our website. We have actually a huge upgrade coming to our site where we're gonna be able to relaunch our Teachers Give Teachers database um in the next coming months so we're super excited because exactly what you're saying like you know i can go shopping we say give one take one so come on in take a look you know do some lesson plan shopping if you will um for free <laughs> um but yeah the teachers give teachers community is such a kind supportive group of educators just all kind of trying to solve some of the same problems teaching similar standards, inspiring each other with their lesson design. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible. And another thing I like about it is, I mean, it's really customized to all different grade levels and all subject areas. So, you know, if you're a fifth grade teacher, you're going to have all the content areas there. But maybe I'm a high level math teacher or science teacher at the high school level, and I'm trying to figure out what remote learning looks like for me. You know, those are more difficult conversations, but hyperlinks are still there or hyperdocs are still there for those folks to kind of use and customize. Yeah, one of my favorites, um, I did a training once, uh, it was prior to COVID, face-to-face -face training, and I shared a, a proportional reasoning hyperdoc. And within 30 minutes, I saw five different iterations of that proportional reasoning hyperdoc. And one teacher in the room created like a, you know, an all about the atomic bomb. One person did it on JFK assassination. One person did like solving math word problems. One person did conjugating ER verbs. So that one, you know, that one original hyperdoc became like five different iterations based on the customization of the teachers in the room. And so they were able to just, you know, file make a copy of that original lesson and uh, just completely personalize it for what they needed it to be, but based off of the same ideas and design. So it was really neat to see within minutes, I had five different, completely different content, you know, versions of that lesson. It was really cool. And another question I get a lot, and I'm sure you do as well, is how do I go find this? Is there a HyperDoc app or is there some page that I need to go to? I mean, other than your website with the templates, but the really amazing thing about it is as a designer, you get to choose where you're going to design it. As an online teacher in higher ed, I've been designing HyperDocs on Canvas, which is our learning management system. You can do it on Microsoft Word. Or you guys talk a lot about Google uh, apps. So... Talk about that a little bit, just the flexibility of where you want to build. I mean, that's it. Like we started originally with Google because that's what our district was using and that became familiar to us and is still our kind of our personal go-to, but you can certainly still um, design in Google and then 
push it out uh, via whatever LMS. It's, it's a universal. We laugh. People always say, you guys don't have shirts made. You've never made shirts. All these years, you have no shirts made. You know, what's your, pro I'm like, our shirt would say lesson plans. You know, <laughs> like, like, at the end of the day, we're just about lesson plans, you know, woo. <laughs> but um, it's so amazing. I mean, they are completely universal. Like there's no one way. We just ask that people consider the, um, the pedagogy and the, and the lesson design and flow, you know, so we don't want digital worksheets called hyperdocs. Um, that's, that's really the distinction that's important to us. Um, so how you push it out and how you collect it and uh, all of that is personal to your district, your, you know, your teaching needs. Um, yeah, I mean, still probably the, the best home base that we have right now is hyperdocs.co. Um, and that's kind of where we're housing like our blog and you can, you know, the, the book is on Amazon, but you know, we've built out this academy and the academy has a ton of free um, lessons. We definitely, um, you know, we're rushing, furiously rushing to create some remote teaching lessons. So that um, whole course is free on our website. And then, like you said, you can access the templates, sample lessons, um, but teachers give teachers um, we're working on a big release for that coming soon. Our goal is what you mentioned, uh, more of an app experience where you can upvote um, certain users and designers. You can easily go in and click and drag to create and whatnot. So that's kind of like um, definitely a direction we want to go because we know that that's where teachers are, you know, we're in the grocery store and we can be designing something on our phone potentially. So that's certainly a goal. Um, but for now, we also would encourage anyone, if they're on Facebook or Twitter, it's a great place to just ask for ideas. Um, because until we get Teachers Give Teachers fully up and running again, um, as a full functioning database, um, you can go and just ask, like, hey, does anyone have anything on, um, I don't know, like ancient Rome? <laughs> and you'll get like 50 responses, you know? So. Um, so it's definitely the community and that crowdsourcing piece that has been um, incredible. So before you start a lesson, you could easily just ask if anyone has anything. But we're really excited about Teachers Give Teachers, that, that kind of relaunch, if you will, um, coming soon. So well, you will have to stay tuned. <laughs> well, we have breaking news right here on the podcast. So that's, that's great. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, we had just announced like at the at the um, conference this weekend that that's coming. So that's certainly in the works because we know that um, it's that community and crowdsourcing piece that um, really makes the HyperDocs something more than just a digital lesson. It's it's the, it's the educator feedback in the community, and we need that now more than ever, right? Yeah. Um, so it's the perfect combination. You get an actual lesson to use, but you also get you know support from teachers. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for your time. It's been a joy to talk with you. I've been a big fan of your work for a long time. I do want to give you one closing final comment here. Uh, we have a lot of superintendents listening, principals, teachers. Uh, what advice do you give them? Uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready. You know, I, I think a lot of folks can see the light at the end of the tunnel, get into the holidays, and then maybe having a chance to regroup and come back uh, when the new year comes up. What are some ideas or thoughts you might have for them as they kind of plan on rolling this out in their schools? Do you, are you referring to rolling out HyperDocs or rolling out just the remote learning or hybrid or just where we're at in our current state of <laughs> I think just where we're at in general with remote learning and maybe using HyperDocs as a framework to, uh, to really make a difference there. 
I think it was always a good idea to check in with teachers and just asking um, for their feedback. And sometimes that's hard to hear because it's not always pretty, but, um, but you know, just keeping the open dialogue going. And then um, I always encourage teachers to, um, and to have, you know, leadership really encourage them, teachers to see each other at work. Um, so I think actually now more than ever, I can facilitate some observations, if you will. So I can easily jump in and observe a teacher across town maybe teaching with a hyperdoc or trying a new collaboration strategy or someone who's got small group instruction going really well. So I think it's important for leadership to facilitate ways for teachers to see each other um, and to build that um, element of trust, I think is would be ideal too, because you know this is a time where we can really start to see what that quality instruction looks like. Um, and we have like an, an, an inner um, communication going, like we have our own little district uh, Facebook group and there's no leadership in there, it's just teachers. And it's become such an awesome space for them to talk to each other and feel safe to do so. Um, so providing an outlet, I think for teachers, but it's so positive, you would think like, oh my gosh, they're gonna go on there and you know air their dirty laundry, but it's become this wonderful space for um, them to share ideas with each other. So that's, I think, working really well and thinking quickly, thinking of what's working, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, I, again, I don't envy any leadership right now, but just, you know, I always appreciate the honesty, like this is really hard. Um, and I think any leadership that kind of does their best to support teachers, um, even with, you know, the parent need to get back to school and whatnot, just saying like, I see you sometimes is helpful. Um, and then less, the, you know, whatever you, whatever leadership can, can scale back on this year, knowing that, you know, we'll get to all that stuff. I think um, just kind of what teachers are doing with students, like I can't teach you everything that I would have normally taught you, you know, and we just have to kind of accept that. So recentering on what's essential. And I think leadership should do the same. Like this year, I just really want to see you guys, you know, maybe January through June, let's really focus on just engagement or just, um, uh, you know, an increase, whatever the school cycle might be. But um, just kind of accepting that less can be more. And, and that's really, what, what can we get rid of this year? What initiatives can we table, you know, in order to focus on these? I think that's a very important message for leadership to say to teachers. Um, we can't do it all right now. So let's just really hyper-focus on feeling good about what, you know, synchronous and asynchronous time feels like. Maybe it's just that alone. Um, yeah, something like that. I, and I think that's great advice, and that's a wonderful way to close the show. Thanks so much for your time, Sarah. Thank you. So, folks, if you've not checked out HyperDocs, you need to go to the website right now at hyperdoc.co, and it can be the framework you're looking for to get you through the remote learning uh, strategies that you're looking for. Every superintendent, principal, uh, teachers out there, go to the website, check out the templates, because it can be a game changer for your school instructional learning. So with that, that's a wrap on another episode. And remember, folks, always do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids. Thank you for listening to the Reimagined Schools podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite episodes. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Dr. Greg Goins. You can also connect with me anytime via email at drgreggoins at gmail.com. 
So if you have a question or comment about an individual episode, or maybe you have a recommendation for future guests, I would love to hear from you. Also, anyone out there that has an interest in sponsorships on the Reimagined Schools podcast can hit me up via email again at drgreggoins at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. And remember, always do what you can to create better schools for kids.